Please listen carefully. And now, live from the attic that smells like a basement in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring two guys high-fiving with words, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today we're having another round table discussion. Let's get ready to round table. <laughs> I don't think you can do that. Anyway. <laughs> I changed up the words, it's okay. <laughs> we are here with uh, the rest of the Assuming Positions crew, not Scott. Good to be with you. And that guy Brad. Hey guys. And today we are talking about another Disney Plus show. Hawkeye. Bow, 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 bow. Did we're, it have a theme song? The I don't know if I, did it, it did, but it, it wasn't very memorable. I tried to hum it. We're back in the MCU again. So the whole crew likes to talk about the MCU. So we bring the whole crew to the table to talk about the MCU. Very much so. So Hawkeye, Disney Plus, it came out over the holidays. And we hope everyone's seen it by now. And if you haven't, why haven't you? Yes. Um, an usual spoiler decree. Here. Yeah. You've had plenty of time. Uh, so. <laughs> We will spoil all kinds of things because we want to talk about this. So, Hawkeye and Disney Plus, who's in it? What's it about? So, it's based on the Marvel comics by with, Matt Fraction. Yep. Yep. With uh, the series uh, with Kate Bishop as the new Hawkeye taking the mantle from the old Hawkeye. <laughs> and it's the fifth television series in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it takes place after the events of Avengers Endgame. Like directly after it seems, right? Yeah, from 2019. Yep. Yeah, not too long after it. I believe it is, yeah, within weeks of Endgame coming back. There you go. So uh, who's in it, of course? Well, it's called Hawkeye, so Hawkeye's in it. Jeremy Renner plays Clint Barton slash Hawkeye, again, reprising the role. Mm-hmm. As Kate Bishop, we have Haley Steinfeld. Podcast favorite. Who I know from my musical tastes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's the first place I ever saw her. Yeah. If we go back to Music. PMJ. Yeah. You know? No, my earliest Haley Stanfield memory is uh, that uh, True Grit movie. Yes. When she was yes. young. Oh, she was little, uh, right. She was a little girl. Jeff yep. Daniels. John yep. Daniels. So she Sorry. grew up acting. No. Yep. Jeff yeah, Daniels. Jeff Daniels. Thank you. She grew up acting and then had a huge hit with that starving song. You couldn't get away from that for a while. <laughs> um, I could. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, if you heard it, you'd be like, oh, I've heard that like in the grocery store pushing a cart around. And there's a funny kids' bop one where they change the words around. It's hilarious. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so wait, Haley Seinfeld is a singer? Yes. Oh, I just thought she was that girl from True Grit. No, nope. got all serious all the time. Nope, she's a singer, and also, I mean, she was in um, the uh, Pitch Perfect movies, right? As well, yeah. something like that, or the High School Musicals. I think so, it was Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect. I think. Yep. Yeah. I think my kid made me watch those. <laughs> well, we have uh, Tony Dalton as Jack Duquesne, Fra Fee as. Kazi, I'm yep. not going to say his whole name. It's crazy. It's crazy <laughs> Eastern European. Uh, we got uh, some great uh, Eastern European actors playing guys in the uh, the tracksuit mafia. Right. Does that include right. Dollar Store John Snow? So, or was that the other? That's guy that's, that's Kazi. Okay, that's Kazi. Right. Dollar yeah. Store John Snow is Kazi. Wasn't it? Yes. It kind of seems okay. like it. Alex, I, I don't. I don't know that I agree with that. What okay. makes him Dollar Store? Uh, it's strictly visual. It's it's uh it's a low effort. It's a low effort assimilation. He just looked it's dirty, like line. he needed a bath. He looked like a budget Jon Snow. He looked like, hey, uh, make Jon Snow, but I'm just going to describe him to you. He had that same sort of gravitas, like I'm having an emotional moment, like my watch has ended. 
But the Jack the Duquesne character was great. We'll go back to that. Yeah, we'll absolutely. When we see him in an episode. Linda Cardellini reprising her role as Love Laura Barton. Um, Best Velma uh, ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vera Farmiga as uh, Eleanor Bishop, Kate's mom. And the great Alka Cox as Maya Lopez, the deaf commander of the tracksuit mafia. Mm-hmm. Florence Pugh is back reprising her role as Yelena Belova, Beeper. Black Widow. And Vincent D'Onofrio is back reprising <gasps> his role as Kingpin. Right, from the uh, I have Daredevil so film. much to say about that. <laughs> All right, so... That's who's in it. Let's go down the line a little bit and talk about these people. I mean, Jeremy Renner, that's a known property, right? Yes. All right, but I've, he's I've, been I've, Hawkeye forever. He's Hawkeye. I've got a thesis statement when it comes to Hawkeye series, and, and I ultimately really liked Hawkeye as a series, and it's about Hawkeye, and he has a new dimension to him that mm-hmm. I had never really thought through until this series. In fact, I would liken him to Sebastian Stan's Winter Soldier. Sure. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Um, I think there's some real parallels you can draw between those two. Hawkeye's a good man, mm-hmm. but yes. ultimately flawed. He's just a guy with a bow. And he a... has been damaged by what he's been through as Hawkeye. Yeah. The hearing loss thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's because he's not a superhero, he's just a dude, and right. he's been around a ton of explosions and gunshots, and Alien it's a very invasions. It's a very real. He's damaged, you know. He's had this hearing loss, mm-hmm. and he's mentally damaged. His time as Ronan, yes. he was not a healthy man. That's mm-hmm. trauma, right there. Yeah. What happened on Vormir with Natasha? I think, and I never thought about this until this series weighs so heavily on. Yeah, him. we get a couple good tastes of that later. Yeah, in the show. and. As it was very fulfilling to see kind of a, let's be honest, he's he's not on the A list. He's mm-hmm. he's definitely right. been a supporting character. Mm-hmm. Get a really fleshed out backstory and a really fleshed out depth and composition to that character mm-hmm. that I had never mm-hmm. thought of before. So sure. I, I really like this series for that reason. That's sure. what was so indulgent yeah. about this is that you never do get this. This was like the... You know, how did we get here? What is it, you know, or where do we go from here kind of thing that you very seldom get to see about A or B list heroes. The beauty is, is they they know it. They talk about <laughs> Hawkeye is not the most famous Avenger and they know it in the show. Yes. It's, with with her whole branding yes, thing that she nice. pokes at him several times through. I was genius. That is that Marvel uh, self-awareness kind of thing of, yeah. hey, here's a B-list character, and let's talk about why it's a B-list character. Well, you got a brand. And- even with, but even before that, like we get little hints of the Steve Rogers, Captain America, Broadway spectacular, oh, so you funny. know? Yeah. But it, it still has Hawkeye as the guy that shows up. He's like, don't miss. And he's like, okay, I'm Hawkeye. Like they give him one line, and yeah. then it's just, and Jeremy Renner's in the audience. Jeremy like, Renner's reaction was I don't like this let's at all. Perfect. Let's get into it then. Let's get into it. That's the first episode. That's the first stuff that happens. The first episode is called Never Meet Your Heroes, um, and it's actually, we we start off seeing a flashback, right? We're in the Battle of New York. Yeah, we actually start off with Kate Bishop, Back I think. in 2012, mm-hmm. little kid and Kate Bishop, played by Claire Stack, and we get to see, I like how this show does it multiple times, and it's done in some other shows too, but I can't think of any of them off the top of my head right now, but I really like seeing something you've seen from a different perspective. So we get to see the Battle of New York. We saw the Battle of New York from the Avengers perspective, Mm -hmm. and now we're seeing it from a civilian's perspective. 
and it is enthralling to me. It's, We've it's really to great. A couple other times, yeah, you know, and it's fascinating every time we get to see it, but never from almost a civilians. Yes, but yeah, this is pure chaos. This is a person in a building in New York, and they're just watching the buildings around them crumble, like they're in the penthouse, I guess, or whatever. They're in fancy duds, you know. Right. Yeah, but well, then the wall collapses, and you just see these giant aliens coming through. Like, is the world ending? Yeah. Well, it's more about what we've previously talked about. Why we love the MCU is because they have these big, huge events, and they actually go through the processes of what these events, how they uh, finger out into everyday lives, Absolutely. and dealing with it from different perspectives and different issues. Mm-hmm. And again, I think this was another great view on these really big events. Yes. Like, we learned what happened if you were a victim of the blip. That's yeah. right. And yeah. what that looks like yeah. and how you came by. So uh, little Kate is there, and the, the, her parents run Bishop Securities, so they're really wealthy, apparently, and mm-hmm. have a great penthouse apartment in New York City, and her father dies in the Battle of New York, and so the first thing she says behind her tears is, I want a bow, because she saw Hawkeye being yeah, a hero yeah. on the roof, taking out these aliens, and she basically saw him at saving the per- her life too. She, yeah, she saw Hawkeye at the perfect time. He's off the he's off the building. You know the the, the bow stretched the out, and turning, shot. falling away, shooting. Yeah. shot. Was I the only one confused that because like her real dad, Arthur Bishop, uh-huh. I forget his first name. I think it's Arthur, but looks pretty much like the same actor that plays John Duquesne later. Like that just threw me for a bit. I had to go back and be like, oh, it's actually a different dude. But maybe that's just me. Well, I mean, maybe it's also too it's what her mom's attracted to. Oh, she has a type. She has a type. Yeah. (laughs) Could be. But it's funny as we go from the like the real Battle of New York to the kind of a smash cut to the Broadway version. The Broadway version. Of the Battle of New York. I can do this all day. (laughs) Which which is one of those you know, iconic lines from earlier in the series, yeah, oh, and it oh, totally like lampoons itself. It is, yeah. and and again, it's that sense of self that we love about the MCU. Hilarious! And if you know anything about Broadway, it was pitch perfect to oh, mention a show, yeah, a movie that someone was in. Um, but it was, uh, and I just love how he like Ant Man's there, and he's like, he was he wasn't there. He wasn't there. Uh, yeah, he's pointing out what they got wrong, and yeah. I think there's a moment where like his daughter's like, did you turn your hearing aid off? He's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but did you especially I, relate to that, that uh, part, Mikey? We're, once we get to episode three, I have a whole rant about it, but yes, absolutely. I am ready for that. I, <laughs> I, I, I have been at a Broadway play where I'm like, yeah, nope, don't, not feeling it. Uh, I do have to point out one bit that happens in that transition. Um, so we see Kate Bishop as a little girl, and then we get into the main story, which is great, but... They did all Kate Bishop's uh, development. They did her origin montage in the title credits. Yeah. Like they show her training and winning awards and being yes. Hawkeye Jr. Sure. Yeah. And it's all done in like 10 seconds. Yes. Love it. Give me Bur- more of that. It was brilliant. Get right. me into the Quick story. And easy. It was brilliant. But then we do get into the uh, the Clinton Barton uh, jingle all the way, dad on Christmas, in charge of his kids, and yeah. sitting through this play. But then it's like, hey, let's go see the city. Let's see what's about. And we get to see a lot of what it's like to be an Avenger in New York City. Off duty. When people, everyone recognizes them. Yeah. Everything's comped. You know, they're at the Chinese restaurant, and it's like, no, that's on us. It was neat because, like, to Scotty's point, it's Jeremy Renner. He's the normal, everyday dude. He doesn't have any superpowers. 
And when stuff like that has happened to him, he's like, uh, that's not necessary. Like, right. uh, I was just trying well, not yeah, to miss, he's, he's you really know. He's humble about it because oh, of how he feels about oh, being a superhero. Really cool. It's just his job. Mm -hmm. And uh, our introduction to adult Kate Bishop is uh, a college kid pulling a prank. That goes epically bad. <laughs> right. This was a wonderful introduction to the character of Kate Bishop and, in my opinion, a wonderful introduction to Haley Steinfeld mm -hmm. as this character. I really wasn't 100% sure. I know she had the acting chops, but like I said, I kind of knew her more as a singer. But that was a great introduction for me. That was I was like, oh, yeah, she has all of that Marvel... I don't know. The, the, there's like this cheekiness to Marvel. A scrappiness. Stuff. Is it so, a je ne sais quoi? I don't know. <laughs> give, Scott, can you give uh, Brad a dime? Yeah, can you, uh, or, can or you spell that, that, please? Or was that a quarter? <laughs> this is why we don't provide transcripts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... She... Are you sure it wasn't a joie de vie? <laughs> oh, now you're just making things up. Stop Not it. Not a quarter. Tell us how uh, tell us how to say um, knocked over a bell tower right? in French. Let's go. Oh, cool. But does the little personality details, like she doesn't get it the first time, and so she's like, I'm not giving up. Like, we're here for the prank. I know this is mischief, but yeah. I got to get this right. Mischief managed. That's it. And mischief managed by taking down the entire bell tower. <laughs> it was a uh, very, I think you're right, Kevin. It was a great introduction mm -hmm. to who she is as a character. And I also enjoyed, like, we go straight to her con with her mom, and her mom's like, hey, being rich gives you privileges, like getting out of doing what you just did, yep. right. but that's not good. I don't want you to get used to that. You know, so it, that I, I love how everything is considered, it seems like. It seems oh, for like sure. Consider everything. The, I, I never in this show was I like, oh, what? Uh, you know, I was like, okay. Sure. Yeah. No, you're right. They bring in some realism in the way of, like, Let's face a little bit of reality, or here's yeah. some of the music you'd have to face. And even the themes, like, I think her mom goes on the speech of, like, not everybody can be a superhero. Like, I don't think this is the main speech, but this is where she starts trying to tap mm -hmm. into it. But yeah. we're watching a story about a dude that is shouldn't be a superhero, but is. Yes. Like, so. so part of her penance is having to go to this charity gala. But because she's cheeky and kind of a rebel, she's not going to wear the dress her mom laid out for her. She's going to wear, like, a suit, <laughs> which is... Which works out perfectly because it looks she looks like she works there. Oh, true. Which leads her down into a she's suspicious of people. She's a suspicious kid. It's a it's a suspicious auction. Yes, it's a black market auction in the basement of a charity gala. That's right. In the wine cellar. What's going on here? We do get to see some cool things that are now, I guess, the MacGuffins for this series. Though we get the Ronin suit. Yes, yeah. the Ronin blade. It's a black market auction auctioning things that came out of the rubble of Artifacts the Avengers. Of... Which, how did compound. Damage Control not get all this right. stuff? I know, Because right? Damage Control that's is the one that's supposed to be... fascinating, too, that we know that there's an entity that does nothing but clean up Avenger damage. Mm -hmm. Clean up Avenger damage, that's you right. Know, and, and, I, and it's a government agency. Yeah. I think there's historical context for this, because it's not always the organiz organizations that get it. Like, in a war, like, pieces of art go to uh, yeah. whoever finds them first. This is how we know? met Spider-Man. Well, that's true. Through the whole, uh, what's his name, the vulture, Michael, Michael Keaton. <laughs> Anywho, but yeah, we learned about damage control way back when, and they've shown up several times. Yes, and uh, taking care of things, seeing them on site, and we see them a couple of times in this. Oh, something nefarious or going on. Something this. nefarious going on with damage control <laughs> poses another question: Who's running damage control? Who is running damage control? Well, we know it's we not don't the, know the answer here. We know it's not the bad guys who show up trying to steal everything. 
<laughs> Not these particular bad guys. No, and other bad guys. Yeah. The, the tracksuit mafia. So we didn't learn the we don't learn their name till later, but yes, it is sure. the tracksuit mafia who right. shows up and they're after a watch. Uh, for some reason. Now, do we know them from something else? Like, were they the bad guys in Daredevil? Or no, they, they have a comic book presence. They they do though. They're yeah, like no, they haven't appeared anywhere and... else, but they've been in comic books for okay. for a while. Okay. But I think this is their first actual like MCU. Appearance. I was wondering if they were kind of the Hawkeye's Foot Clan or something. You know. <laughs> so this is Kate Bishop's first. I'm going to be a hero. She manages to put on the Ronin suit and starts fighting back now. Not there's something what it was. there's something I love about this. What's and that? I mentioned it and I highlighted it in my notes, bottles. Mm. When she hits people with bottles, they don't break. They just hurt. Yeah. Wine bottles will not break cases, when you hit sure. people over the head with them. They will just go bonk right. and hurt really badly. That's true. It's yeah, it's the the glass bottles breaking. They it's all a, made of that sugar there's glass. There's the Hollywood like, sugar glass, movies, yeah. and that's so movies. But yeah. this is uh, the when 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 she hit the guy with the bottle. It was like bonk. I was like, I went yes, yes. The bottle doesn't break. <laughs> They're serving real wine there. Right. I'm with you. It's little details yes. like that because this is for, I think, out of all the Marvel shows so far, this is the most realistic down to earth. Right. We're dealing with a non-superhero. So like the real details like that. Is this our first Christmas program too? Mm-hmm. Apart from uh, any other deliberate Christmas I mean, I program? think it's the first seasonal that we have. And by the way, props to them. I think it's... Yeah. A, I could see myself watching Hawkeye this time next year. Yeah, that's I true. Think so. It, it falls in the diehard pantheon now yes. because it takes place during Christmas. Is this now a Christmas show? It is because it has Christmas songs in well, it. Well, I mean, wow. I don't want to quite elevate it to diehard level yet because I do watch diehard every Christmas season. There you go. I don't know if we're there yet, but let's check back this time next year. Christmas tree has nothing but Star Wars and Marvel stuff on it anyway, so... We need a good uh, Marvel theme. We need a Marvel theme Christmas special, yeah. and and we're gonna get that. Uh, not to get ahead of ourselves, we're gonna get that with Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, episode two and a half or something that we need to see before we see three. Oh, they're doing a there, special. Okay, be a holiday special. Fun. He said it will be really? canon and will be fun and will be. Is related, James Gunn doing it? Yeah, and will be related to episode three. Hmm. So. I'm sorry, not to get ahead that of Nerd was, Alerts. That was clearly not on Nerd Alerts. <laughs> I'm taking a note of it so I'm I can watch ahead. for details. You heard it here first. So <laughs> we get the uh, we get the wine cellar fight, and she's wearing the Ronin suit. Duquesne steals the Ronin sword. Yep. You see that happen. Yeah. She runs off into the street, saves a dog. That makes the news, which Clint Barton sees on the news. Right. And he's like, why is Ronin back? Because I'm him, yeah, and I'm not in that suit right Where now. Where did I leave that darn thing? My past has come back to haunt and me. Shame right. on him for not taking better care of his alter ego, right? <laughs> if you're going to have... Yeah, that should have been buried ego, under concrete go, in your basement. That's right. You needed to pull some serious wig stuff with that. I mean, because if you're going to have an alter ego, and you're going to go all anti-Batman on somebody or something, you just need to put that stuff away. That is a good point, though. They never really explain, like, how did Clint Barton did lose track the of the suit? naked? Because like uh, my, I have qualms with the watch. That's also a key plot point. Yes, in this, I'd but, like to talk about the watch. But both of them have the same thing. Is like, was it damage control that didn't do their job did right? Like, miss it? Did somebody steal it? Was he incapacitated? All right. So I think one of the theories I read about this is all this was in the Avengers facility, which should be secure that Thanos blew up. The Avengers Tower or the no 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 oh, the, okay the Avengers no, the, fa- new, the, the new training gotcha. facility, the new training yeah, facility where they were at gotcha when they did 
when they got all the stones, they did time heist and came back in Endgame. That was at their facility in upstate New York. Ah, uh, okay. And I think that's where it was recovered. It was supposed to be in a, it's the same place Ant-Man goes to okay, get right. whatever piece he needs to mm-hmm. pull their thing. That's right. But yeah, that facility is place for Thanos, and that's apparently where all of this stuff gets recovered and gets pulled from. Ah, uh, okay. So, which would make sense why Agent 19's watch would be at can we talk about that yet? Or, yeah, can the watch itself. It. The watch. What's up with that? I, I thought maybe it was Hank Pym's or something, or it was. Oh, it's like, very clear whose it was. It was okay. It was Agent Nineteen. Who's Agent Nineteen? Agent Nineteen is Clint Barton's wife. Oh, yeah, his wife. Okay, and, that's and that was right. the big key, and that was one of the big reveals. Was got it. Hey, Clint Barton's wife, Laura. Air quotes, Laura. She's Agent Nineteen, who has a really long comic book. Sort of history. Okay. okay, that's where I got lost. Okay. Right, and if and when he turns that watch over, when he when he I picks it up in Maya's that. apartment, he turns it over. It's got the shield emblem mm-hmm. and it has a nineteen at the very bottom. Ah, because she was that's a reference to Agent Nineteen. At least okay. that's what we're all left to assume. But she got retired mm-hmm. to raise the kids or something. She got she retired to ra- well. That's a whole her. part of the story we don't know. Yeah, they'll ah, okay. get we, there when you got a Linda Cardellini. You're gonna get there. Oh yeah. <laughs> So that was episode one. What did everyone think of episode one? I loved it. Based on our enthusiasm, we just exhibited over the last two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> now a gr- great way to kick off the series, for yeah. sure. Um, episode two uh, is called Hide and Seek. This is where uh, the episode one ended with Clint Barton getting whoever Ronan was, pulling the mask off right. and being like, some kind of some yeah. kid? Who, You're a what's, girl? What's going on? So we start off the next episode at the end of the last episode, and she takes him over to her apartment, which is like behind a pizza place, above a pizza place. I guess it's above a pizza place. So. Convenient for Lucky the Pizza Dog. Yeah, right. Yeah. Convenient for Lucky the Pizza Dog, <laughs> who um, also has comic book canon. It's a, they really missed he should have been named Shwarma, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he doesn't eat shawarma. Shawarma dog. Shawarma dog. <laughs> Why would he eat shawarma? Maybe there was a shawarma place. Maybe it was. The no, same it's a pizza place. place. No, it's it was, a, no, it's a pizza I'm, place. I mean, I'm, I'm with Kevin. This like... is very, was very clearly a pizza place. <laughs> Absolutely right. Why do you want to smash? Why do you want to smash things together? They don't go together. And well, I mean, sure, I'm all for. I'm all for cramming really in a shawarma cool. reference. <laughs> but I'm mm-hmm. just. I'm just against where you put that one. Okay, that was a for shawarma. I'm sorry. And for shawarma. For shawarma. Yes. Um. But hey, man, since this is a podcast that gives pizza ratings, I'm all for a pizza dog and a pizza, pizza place. Pizza dog. Unofficial mascot. Let's do it. And a pizza. Lucky the pizza dog. We're just, we're, to be clear, we're not giving slices of a pizza dog, right? No. <laughs> okay. Right, no. This is the episode where we're officially introduced to the tracksuit mafia, where Kate Bishop is told they're called the tracksuit mafia, and yep. she's like, really? And we get there. I don't know why I like comic relief bad guys so much. Oh, yeah. Especially with heavy accents. But they're yeah, perfect, it's yeah. It's a great foil. Heavy Eastern European accents wearing now, their tracksuits. Yeah, bro. For, yeah. Yeah, bro. Kate Bishop is guy, bro. <laughs> really funny. Where's Kate Bishop? Kate Bishop's not the guy. Oh, that comes later, but yeah. They're after the they're after the Ronin suit, and they ransack her apartment, and there's an awesome scene where we get to see it, like torches thrown through a window and then back out a window, and then a fire extinguisher sh- launched out the window. It's like, is that the best you got? Come on, bro, you can do better. And then, of course, they do. They do better. Man, I'm so nerdy with some stuff sometimes, is I just, I just think about how many character points Clint Barton oh, has sure. and what skill he <laughs> used to, and I could just see, I could just see sitting at the table and asking the GM. I I try and catch the Molotov cocktail 
and, and throw back at them. And he's like, uh, okay. Kevin, that's going to be a minus six. Yeah, roll minus six. Yeah, and then you, you see is a 25. And then you get, and then you get a critical success. Yeah. Critical success. Dang. Oh, okay. Well, you grab it and throw it right <laughs> back at him. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing, because you would totally have to, to scale things and say, okay, you know, what are... What are Barton and some like him or 150 points? But then you've got, oh my goodness, these, you know, yeah. Iron Man with 500 and mm-hmm. Thor with 1,000 mm-hmm. and whatever else. So it would be such a funny thing. What's that? And gosh, bless what's that? I think Barton has that, what's that. the skill that take a beating skill? Yeah. What's yeah. that? Isn't there, isn't there a, one where an you advantage? An, yeah. an advantage. Hard to kill, hard to hurt. There's yeah. all kinds of things like that. Yep. Hard to knock out. Yeah. Steve Jackson Gerbs, copyright. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> But he doesn't have a superpower, but he has a really maxed out That's character. He can yeah. take That's a punch. You love. you love those kind of, uh, those, those not superhuman, you know, but just will take that external beating and just, you know, mm-hmm. coming up, we'll do some stuff about Reacher. It's that same kind of thing. These guys will just sure. get beaten beyond the pulp and still keep going. And Clint Barton has, like, also on his character sheet, he's good at disguises, too, because eventually, we, you know, the apartment burns down, there's yeah. a conflict and all that, but he still has to get the suit because he can't be held accountable for his past trauma that we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier. And I, is this a bit from Die Hard? Like, speaking of Die Hard again, isn't that how one of the bits in Die Hard where Bruce Willis grabs a fireman's outfit to get in the building? Because that's what Clint Barton does to get back in to try and get the Ronin suit. And I've, it's stuck in my brain. I'm like, I think that's from something, but maybe it's new for this. Using a fire suit to get into a building? Yeah, using the... I like, did that once in 87. <laughs> but... You dressed up as a fireman? Yes. And you got into a building? I did. Did you grab your I'm superhero? I'm not allowed to talk about it. We should okay. move on. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but, uh, hey. <laughs> it's been redacted. Yeah, and in the middle of this episode, he sends his kids back home. And I really... The interaction with his daughter and him is... Really, I don't know what the word is. He's very humanized. I'm just going to use great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, there's several of those really good interchanges yes. between his daughter and between his son. Yeah, because he he leaves the he leaves his daughter in charge, even though she's the middle child. And you know, yeah. he he gives the older son. He's like, "You're in charge," but then he looks at his daughter. He's like, "You really know you're in charge. Yeah. Please don't let them hurt each other." Yeah. And also remember, where is Nate? <laughs> yeah. He was. Where, where is he? And he's already gone. Yeah. Hilarious. Episode but, two gave us uh, the 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 LARP event, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Which well, um, thanks for the nerd nod. I love beating down Clint Barton, <laughs> and he was Hawkeye. And he was so whipped by the whole thing. He's like, oh. but because he's a good man, he's. I mean, he could just go up there and kick his teeth right. in and take this suit. But he but was a good sport about he's it. He's a so. good man, and he doesn't want to do that. And he, I just love the way he's just. So beaten down. Absolutely. He's just like, oh, as a middle-aged dude, I understand that feeling. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to get him to sign up. There's like, uh, what's your email? He's like, I don't have one of those. It's like, what's your phone number? He's like, I don't have one of those. Nope. Just give me my sword. I got to get this done. Let's I, just and go I quick. that they were professionals. It was an EMT and a cop. Well, absolutely. And you know what? And I, from the corner store. I really think that was part of it. The fact that it was the LARPers were like all police officers and firefighters, Mm -hmm. I think that makes it more believable that he'll not go in there and kick their teeth in because he is technically... They're not criminals. But also he's in that... I mean, he's a high-level law enforcement officer. He's like, these guys are on my side. Is Clint Barton. He is a high-level law enforcement officer. He's like a special agent type guy. So he's technically... These are his people, quote-unquote. So he's even though he's beat down, he's, he's like, okay. 
But it's not much. Is this of a what I have to do to believe that these guys are nerds too on their off time? Oh, for and sure. I know from experience and had friends oh. in law enforcement yes. who yep. were great role players. Yep. Uh, yep. And into Warhammer and yep. RPGs and yep. all kinds of things, and had a lot of fun with them over the yep, years. Yep, for sure. Shout out Chris. Thank them all for their service, and thank you, Chris. <laughs> and okay, so he he gets his Ronin suit from that, mm-hmm. makes some friends who will be able to use later. He makes contacts. Yes. Contacts, that's right. Builds his network. That we'll be able to use later. Kate is suspicious that Duquesne killed his uncle because she comes across that in the Ronin suit in the first episode. Yeah, it's in the wreckage at the auction. Yeah. Well, no, but later in the episode, Armand Duquesne Yeah, Armand Duquesne was killed. Was killed. With Ronin's sword. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she thinks that Jack did it. Yes. Her stepdad. Evil stepdad. Not yet. Almost. Step... Fiance dad? (laughs) Fiance... Stepdad. I don't know what you call that. Soon to be stepdad. Uh, so, the, the, this is where they have a, a fencing duel. She figures that's the way to. I challenge you to a duel. No, it, I think that was Jack trying mm-hmm. to develop some kind of connection yeah. with the daughter, and I think he's kind of going along. And in I fact, he felt like he didn't have anything to hide. Right. As we find out later. As we find out, he doesn't. And he makes him seem more sinister right now. That's the thing. That's the thing. He's such a great character. Well, it's really good because, I mean... He was framed. Yeah, I I was watching it. I'm like, like, okay, you keep trying to make me think he's the bad guy, but I know he's not the bad guy. It's like episode two. You can't be be the final bad guy yet. No, I want to know from Nancy Drew over here who told us at our last round table that he like never sees this stuff no. coming. I saw this well so. because I could tell that they they were being like, uh, Kate thinks he's the bad guy, but you know he's not. And I think they expect the audience to know he's not because he's played too it's too obvious. It, it is too See, obvious. I mean almost right. like well, mustache twirling and he was framed. It's yeah. very murder she wrote. Yeah. It was a little okay. you know, where or Columbo, we'll use the better show, Columbo, where that the first the guy you think did it is never the He's guy. Never who did the guy it. that actually did. Yeah. It. It's yeah. But fun character. So that didn't used well. That didn't upset me at all. Okay. I didn't that didn't diminish it. Me seeing that coming didn't diminish it because it was done in a seventies, eighties mystery show style for sure and that you you go into those shows knowing the first person they present to you as the bad guy isn't the bad guy right and you just have to wait for columbo to go uh one more thing yeah right when he touches the doorknob he turns back oh just one more thing i was i was thinking anyway um i would like to jump back to uh, our larpers yeah uh very quick easter egg in his apartment when they go we haven't made it to his apartment yet it's fine go ahead we're talking about the larpers you notice what was hanging on his wall Dragons and Despair. Oh, really? Kevin, does that does that ring a bell to you at all? That's like mm-hmm. old school D and D. That stuff. is an old school D and D module campaign. Oh, it's called Dragons and Despair, and oh, it's wow. it's an homage, and it's in the guy's apartment, the Larper's apartment, in the background. Grills, yep, yep. Grills' apartment, and I'm I'm disappointed, Kevin. I thought you would have picked. <laughs> I up didn't see it. I didn't the see old it. school. I didn't see it. I missed it. I I'm saw it the second back. time when I went through and watched oh, it the second okay. time. That's I'm gonna have to go back it. and look at it. Yeah, the second rewatch is where all where you notice all these. Yeah, right. yeah, I get it. And we're talking about Duquesne, and I think Tony Dalton was great in that character. Just very charming. Oh sure. I guess that that character is like a mentor in the comic book, but is different in this Duquesne. Yeah. No, he's a bad guy in a comic book. Is he a bad he guy? He becomes a swordsman. Oh, okay. Who's a bad guy? Okay. And I think that's what they were playing off of, because like, yes, you can see that it's it's not the first guy you suspect, like in the murder mystery right. style. But 
all the it's really clever writing because all the lines you delivered you can either take as sincere and yeah. he's a caring stepdad or he's being schmarmy right. and like suave bad guy. So I think they're paying homage to it both. May just be the Absolutely guilty of this. He's guilty of something, but not this. So um Clint Barton calls his wife, who they really established in this one. I didn't know why you didn't couldn't tell that she was she was more than a supportive wife. She you could tell that she was like well, they had code, yeah. They had, they had a, a yeah. language, and and, and yeah, they, they, she was just they like had some spycraft, like way more understanding than she should be, and that's because she was an agent too. She was an agent. That's exactly right. I I never took it farther than she had some experience in the business, I and, okay. and, and has been doing the nineteen thing. Okay, either. I didn't know about that either. I just knew that she was an experienced. Well, you know, and, hey, I'm married to a superhero. This is just life. Yeah, and that's what I thought. Well, and it was it was one of those things that you really pick up on the rewatch because remember he gets that watch and he gives it back to her. Yeah. Hey, whole, here's thought, your watch. Right. I thought it was just like, here's that watch. It's so important. Get it to whoever else. I never oh, went. No. I never went. Velma's agent 19. <laughs> I didn't. And none of that crossed my mind. Yeah. Take, take all the shield out of it. I thought he had to get the back to watch just because it was an identifying marker to his family. And, like, and it's a, yeah, it's a tracker. His, but like outside of shield, he just wants that watch back so they don't go after his family. I, That's exactly that, right. Yes. That was the beginning and yeah, end of it for me. All so. I thought was that it was a loose end of some kind. I did yeah. not put together. But the the question really is, why does Fisk want that watch? Right. Why is that important? And it, we never really get that answer. Well, but there's the, something. Yeah, it it there's hints something. to a bigger past yeah. with. That's for season two. Season two <laughs> okay, with something. with you know Laura Barton. What is her role? Who was she? Sure. Why does Fisk want her watch? Right. I thought it was, a, and I read that on the internet. Sorry, I didn't come up with that myself. Fine. But it's one of those things that I'm, I'm like, wow, what is that watch all about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's her MacGuffin season two. I'm looking right. forward to it. So uh, old Clint Barton gets himself captured. He's pulling like one of those, like I'm going to get captured, and right. so I can infiltrate the tracksuit mafia. There you go. And of course, Kate Bishop doesn't realize that that's a move that agents <laughs> do because she's just some really talented college kid who has a bunch of Olympic medals or whatever. Yep. And, and and so she's like, I'm going to go rescue you, which the, fails horribly. Uh, the a naive next, youngster. She falls next, through the uh, ceiling. Ninety minutes of the show are awesome. And great villain introduction in Maya Lopez. Absolutely. It, it was just... Really human. It, it was just a tidbit enough to make you go, what? No. Uh, no. Wait. I have to wait a week? Yeah. What? No. Oh, for sure. Right? That was that one really got me. And then they open up the next episode. Yeah. We get a little bit of her backstory to see where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. Just enough origin story. They're yeah. doing it right, because I hate me an origin story. But and, it's just a nice pinch. And you want to talk about giving you a tremendous amount of really great information and not spoon-feeding it to you and not having it be exposition, we got a lot out of her mm-hmm. further introduction. Right. When it's her and Budget Jon Snow, and they're talking, <laughs> and, and they're doing the You're thing. sticking with it. I am. I love I'm committed it. committed to a bit. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. And that's when I, I kept I kept coming over and seeing my buddy, and I'd like nudge him. I'd be like, hey, did you watch it yet? Did you watch it yet? <laughs> I want to talk about this. I mean... Alka Cox is like just so great in this. I mean, absolutely. It's it's like if you need a character who's deaf, find a great deaf actress. That's it. Done. Yeah. They she's, use ASL. They she's have great. Yeah. She has a whole repertoire with uh, Clinton Barton because Clinton Barton is technically hearing aid, and she's like legit deaf, like yeah. natural deaf. And right. so they have that whole. It is. I guess it's right, cliche, so, but they have that whole confrontation about it too. And yeah. again, one of the things. Again, I went and read this. 
on the internet, but do we know who that character is? Echo. 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 Yeah, hinted yeah. at by the title of this episode, by which the is title Echo. Of the episode, but it's never really hinted at anywhere else. Right. Do no we ever get her name anywhere else? No, nor do we ever see which, her in a superhero suit or anything. I mean, and I, I remember Echo from the comic books. Her bit was she could mimic what whatever you did. Yep. But she has, Echo has a lot of, and there's a lot of ties back to Kingpin. And okay. in fact, yep. later on, there's an episode, yep. and there's almost it's almost frame by frame. From uh, Daredevil, Knowing Marvel Knights imprint, right? They were answering to, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. sorry, I jumped ahead again. No, it's fine. It's fine. Cool. No, that means we may. I mean, they may develop and pull that Echo story from the comic books, I which is so. even more Did exciting I for read season two. That there is an Echo series. Yes, 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 yes. She's doing oh, her own series. We've only yeah, seen title card. We don't know if it's this. Because like when when I was just kind of surfing around, looking at like kind of what you do, Kevin. So mm-hmm. Let's see what the internet said about it. There's, I didn't know there was an Echo series that could possibly be in development. They're trying to bring Daredevil into it. They're trying to bring all yeah. these people together. And so excited exactly. about Charlie Cox. Well, we've yeah. got all the Hell's Kitchen that we can bring exactly. together. Yeah. That's what this all is, right? These yeah. are all, now, uh, fight me. I, when are the Ninja Turtles? When are, when's their license up? You know? Because they, they knew that Ninja Turtles messed around with Daredevil. True. Ninja Turtles messed around with... Uh, <laughs> no, well... They, that was not... They that never, was not a Marvel... That was a crossover, crossover. Marvel yes. Dark Horse, no. I think. I want it. They never crossed over... <laughs> to me. They what never is, crossed over a new good Ninja Turtles. He, he's taking us down the they, strange so path. They never... They never talking about Hawkeye. Um, we're talking about, Hawkeye. talking about Hawkeye. Hawkeye and the Ninja Turtles. Hawkeye's not going to fight the Ninja Turtles. I want them teaming up. They never had a crossover. Ninja Turtles is a ripoff of Daredevil, but we can get into that on another podcast. Uh, I am going to take over this next part because this leads into... This is my favorite episode, number three. Yep. So there's, like, Kate and Clint Barton sort of get together. We have a a lovely scene where they're on, like, playground toys, like, in Kidnapped. And they start having a conversation about how they're synced up, and Clint Barton escapes but leaves her to figure it out herself. And they, they start syncing up, and they beat the tracksuit mafia. And we get a whole cool sequence about trick arrows. What are trick arrows? And they're all driving together and they're starting to sync up again. But the most touching thing, and I say this because I, I, I've been a proponent of representation on previous podcast. And this is this was a scene in this episode that was just like, holy crap, this is me. And it's after the trick arrow, giant Ant-Man arrow comes through the car, which is awesome. We get back to a quiet moment and... Like Kevin said earlier, he sends his kids home because it's Christmas and he has a job to do. But he gets a phone call from his kid. But he doesn't have a hearing aid in. And so he's at odds because that's Hawkeye, right? Right. Um, he's a real person who has real life effects. Yeah. And there's this the obstacle in front through. of him. Uh, so a couple points. The audio production on this scene is great. Like how they made him hear other people talking without his hearing aid yeah. is how I hear people talking when I don't have my hearing aid. Really? Sure. But... It's beautiful because Kate Bishop is now his partner because as soon as she sees him struggling, she comes over with a notepad and she starts dictating what his son is saying to him. There's no, like, he doesn't ask her. She doesn't prompt. It's just, we're working together now. So here it is. Oh, I've watched this episode so many times because it's like, that's me. Like just yesterday. Eminently relatable for you. It was perfect. Mm -hmm. And it's just done so well. It's Mm -hmm. masterclass. The audio production on it, like I said, it's great. And it's just it's I I love the scene in the car before Mm -hmm. that. During the whole arrow. That's it. And he wants so Mikey wants Haley if if he loses his hearing aids, Haley Steinfeld has to come and have a notepad. Oh, absolutely. Yes, of course. That would make my day better every day better. Okay. Absolutely, I would support that for you. And and I'm a fan of this series. I'll, I'll, just I'll for put a call in see if I can get Haley in. 
for the next time you're... I'm making a phone call. Can she just stop by for like 30 minutes? I'll pretend my hearing aid's broken. <laughs> and then after that, Kate Bishop is like, okay, if we go to my mom's penthouse, I can get her to a computer. We can learn more about what's going on. There you go. The tracksuit mafia with my future stepdad. Seems pretty all this stuff. to me. Um, I mean, it's technically her. Somewhere a little more obvious. But it's her house, technically. Sure. She has keys. I mean, she has a room there. Yeah. Right. It's her house. And she still thinks Jack Duquesne is the dude behind everything. And, of course, her mom has way better security than even she thought. She gets locked out. And it's, it's like, it. oh. And it's like, oh, here's m- mom and Jack. Uh-oh. Uh, hello. Oh, is, are you hanging around with Clint Barton? What's going on? Yeah, it was totally busted. You're right. I do like that whole bit where she tries to dissuade her from spending time with a superhero. Yes. What do you think you've got in common with an Avenger? Right. You're really hanging out with this Avenger. Then she tries to kind of give you know Barton a hard time about it. Like, and and there's the overtones of you know, you're hanging out with my teenage daughter and you're like an Avenger. What's going on here? But they ah, do, but she's know? not a teenager or whatever. You know what I mean? She's though. still there's a that, child. There's that mom disdain. Like that disapproval that mm. like you have no business even associating with right. her. Please don't. Yeah, but you know? written, was great. She was great. She is good. A, yes, for sure. And written the same way. Like we were talking about Jack Duquesne. Like it could go either way. Is he just charming and trying right. to be sincere, or is he trying to be the bad guy? Like you, you buy Eleanor Bishop. Is she looking out for her daughter, or does she know what's up and doesn't want her daughter finding out about right. her evil, evil way? And it's written both ways. Like you can take it either way. So I didn't necessarily see it coming. I penciled it in as a possibility, but yeah. not really. Is this oh, the, that this is the, the, Eleanor Decane yeah. was the, this role, the this bad guy? Yeah, this one rolls into that one. They get caught by Jack, and he has the Ronin sword. And then that was just then, such a great. Then beat episode at the end, yeah. four rolls into them having dinner, and that's right, all that. I love it. And then Clint Barton steals his sword back. Like so casually, such a casual. Laying around, yeah. Hearing an old cat burglaring. That was a hilarious Marvel sort of comedy bit, though, because it seems like they're gonna fight, and then they're just sitting down. And they're like, "We have an Avenger in our house. <laughs> can right. we can we make you dinner?" So then we move on to Barton finds Kazi to confront him to tell him, like, "Hey, listen, I know that you're." We'll call her Echo because that's who she's going to be. <laughs> yeah, uh, yep. yeah, but we know that Echo is on this, has this thing for Ronan. He's gone. She shouldn't go down that track. Bad idea. Yep. Convince her of that. There you go. But Kazi knows more than even Barton knows about that whole situation. Everybody knows a little bit of a piece, right. and yeah. it's so fascinating to see all right. those pieces come together because like, right. everybody has a part of the story, but not the full story. We find out also that um, Clint Barton's trick hours have all been impounded, but because the LARPers have a lot of people in law enforcement, Kate Bishop is like, hey, they can probably get it out for us. They can probably get the trick arrows out. So she makes friends with them. (laughs) You're going to have to get a new costume. Can we we talk about the trick arrows? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think... I do. I I found a list of the trick arrows that were used because... Up until now, the trick arrows have been mostly explosive. True. Right? That's sure, pretty much what we've seen. There's a lot of gimmicks in there, though. Yeah. I think we saw more there. gimmicks. And again, this goes back to what's my favorite thing about it. some of the MCU is the way they use their weapons. Sure. And there were so many cool trick arrows. All right. So. I think in, in What If, the What If one that had Hawkeye in it, he had a lot of cool trick had arrows. Had a lot of cool yeah. trick arrows. Yeah. Again, it's. We're going to get a there's, Okay. So we got arrow. like the, the web arrow when it hits and it, it shoots sure. out, you Seems know, like tendrils and it grabbed all the Christmas trees and all that stuff. Yeah. 
You've got uh, the plunger arrow, <laughs> which they use to save a lot. The smoke bomb arrow, of yeah. course. The purple goo arrow. Right. Hilarious. Oh, you just yeah. stick that thing on a windshield and purple goo goes everywhere. You got acid arrows. You got pim particle arrows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that was the best awesome. one. Awesome. That was the best but one. But they had they had two of them because he shot the he shot the red one. No, because the, the color scheme stays consistent from Ant-Man yes. when he's got the little discs. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Put him on an arrow, and yeah. I can't remember if it's red makes him big, blue makes him small. Yeah. I don't know. It's Alice in Wonderland reference. But yep. yeah, but they, they're they color-coded appropriately. The pin arrows were awesome. There's one that's like, remember when they're making arrows? It's labeled freeze. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what does that do? I want to know what freeze does. Spoiler so, alert, it freezes. Uh, there's no. a whole case of like Stark branded arrows. Yes. There's a whole, yeah, the Pam arrows. At any rate. Noticeably missing were the uh, arrows that produced the Christmas trees where you shot it and a Christmas tree jumped up. Uh, ones that how, did, had how does the, that help uh, you tactically? Boxing glove that popped out of the end of it. No. As an Inspector Gadget arrow. As a tactical matter, yeah. why would why would you need that? I don't know. I just, it seems like it was an obvious. They right? had, But that's the great part yeah. about the show. They had that conversation. Kate Bishop's like, what about boomerang arrows? And Clint Barton's <laughs> like, they would come back to us? <laughs> no. Like, we no, can't they're sharp. That. They come back. That's, I know. I still want the one with the boxing glove. I love that they brought in trick arrows and yes. again it was an expansion mm-hmm. of how clint uses his given weaponry it's to... literally his only gimmick you know yeah. you're you've got some other skills but you're a bowman you know mm-hmm. and, and this is your bit that's it and he even riffs on that in uh in ultron you know, but he's so, the everyman. They have to right. go to the LARPers to get the Love arrows it. back. Like right. it's not just a guarantee that he has trick arrows. Like right. they actually take the time to show you that. Oh, like he plans this out. Very yeah, cool. He's got to make them, and he yeah, knows how to make them. Quantity, and you know he has to. So we move on to my favorite reveal. He gets word from his wife that the watch is making a signal, and it happens to be in Echo's apartment. Bloop, bloop. Uh, so they go to, of course. He tells Kate Bishop, "You're not my partner." Right. You know, when? your mom. All part of their growing you know, pains your as mom, the relationship you know, develops. Yeah, I don't like you anymore. Get out of here. Anyway, but she doesn't listen because she doesn't. Um, but it all leads up to the reveal we were all waiting for. We knew it was coming yeah. since Black Widow. Since Black Widow, the fight on the rooftop. The fight on the rooftop. And the, oh, this is a trained assassin. No, this is a Black Widow. No, this is the Black Widow. Yelena is back. That's it. Uh, how how happy were you? I was so when this happy. showed up. Again, here, guys. I, I was so. Hey, have you watched it yet? Have you watched it yet? Happy. Have you watched it yet? We got to listen. I, you know, you you worry about that. They're they seem to be setting up for the new Avengers. Great here, they're building the new Avengers up, and you worry because so many of the old Avengers were so pitch perfect, and you so got you used to them. Yes. And we talked about this when we talked about Black Widow. Is that they like just found the perfect person to take on the mantle of Black Widow. For sure. Perfect. So, and I, I will very much like seeing this Hawkeye, too. And so, but we're slowly getting, so so far they've done a great job. So we'll see <laughs> how it goes in the, the future. The next yeah, yeah, the next generation. But you worry about that. Sure. So, but uh, so far between Florence Pugh and Haley Steinfeld, well, the new Avengers are looking like they're in good hands. And I, and I love all the other ones that we're going to be some of the, let's not call them leftovers, but whether it be uh, Sam or whether it be, you yep. know, the ones yep. that are going to kind of be the, right. no. the leaders of, yep. Yep. you know, and I, I love that cast. And I love Spider-Man. Have some Don't war forget. machine stuff. Absolutely. And I love that. Yep. My favorite part about Yelena showing up is speaking of like when we were talking about the 
Battle of the Chitari. Yeah. yeah, this next episode, the beginning of episode five, or is that what you're getting to? Yes, yes, this was one of the greatest pieces of Marvel yeah, I've good. ever seen. Because we've been told the story from one perspective, and it's usually from the superhero perspective. Of, of the blip. Right. And of that's the blip. it. And so Yelena's on a mission. We go back in time a little bit. She's freeing Black Widows, tying it into the Black Widow movie. Goes to the bathroom. And then gets blipped. And gets blipped but, in the body. But as a blippy, yes, blippy. We've never, you have never seen yeah. seen the perspective of a blippy. Uh, the blippy. I, I like that. Blippy. Yes. I mean, it was story. amazing when it started happening. I was like, Oh, yeah. Oh, so, right. All right. But and the but way they this... made it, everything turn to ash, and then it reashed, and it was a whole different. And it's reashed with the paint and all oh, that. Yeah. It was so good. It was so good. But it brings up so many questions. Sure. What if you were like on the second floor of a building and like year three okay. after the blip, that building gets torn down. I think people Do die. you reappear no, yeah. in that I, I in that position? Right. No. So what if like I think people die. What if you reappear in a field and they build a building sure. on that? Do you come I back think like people die in dude. the building? Dude, I think people died. I, I think don't know. Part, we haven't addressed that yet. I, I think that I think I would that, think reasonable. I think that part of what they're they're kind of getting to in Falcon and Winter Soldier, part of the trauma, yeah, the trauma of the coming back done. was that I, I don't think they addressed it, but they didn't address the trauma, but those people were a lot of those people were traumatized. No, absolutely. And I don't think it was just traumatized for being gone for so long. I think people were falling out of the sky. Right. Or Manhattan. Oh, because if you're in an airplane, yes. when it happened. Yes. Sure. I Do think you it, come back in that same place I or think are it you was, in the same airplane seat? They, oh well, that's true too. If you if, is there no, somebody? Mm-mm. What if there's somebody in the seat and you come back in that same seat? You'd be sitting on their lap. Is that what happened? Would you come back more, sitting on their lap? No, they, I think it'd have to be more geospatial. Yeah, it's it, it's spatial because and she they came back geographically exactly where she was yeah. when she blipped. And then we see the the marching marching. Questions. We see the marching band unblip and get hit by the basketball team in the Spider-Man movie, right? Right. So no, I think that I think it might be kind of dark, which is why they don't want to address it. But I think they did address that it was traumatic when people came back, and I think maybe part of that trauma was not just that people are living in your house now, and that your siblings are way older, or your kids are way older. I think part of the trauma was that horrible things happen to a lot of people. Yeah. Right. right. Seemingly five years later, for the people who didn't get flipped. Right. But we get to see it from this side for the first time. Fascinating. Great, great scene. So, yeah, maybe they'll address it. Who knows? Um, so many questions. But it was a great scene, for sure. So here's a theory that I read, speaking of the blip, because, and and if we can, because at the end of this episode, mm-hmm. we get introduced to who the real villain is, mm-hmm. who I, for one, was super excited. Yeah, mm-hmm. but before we get to that, we have to address the awesome... Eating the macaroni and cheese with the sriracha sauce oh, in Kate Bishop's yes. apartment. Right. Yes, that whole scene, absolutely. This, right. I don't Kate care Bishop. what else happened in this episode at all. Yeah. We can t- you, I'll let you guys go, but come on, man. Yelena is You love there. Kate and Yelena but, talking oh, about just I love spy stuff. Kate it was just, I love the way Kate Bishop calls her out on it eventually. Yeah. Do you keep saying my name because you know everything about me? Yeah. I do know everything about you, Kate Bishop. <laughs> I made some macaroni. It smells really good. Thank you for the girls' night. <laughs> so good. She was so like best. So good. Yes, it was the everything best. we wanted. The to chemistry see. because that was you know that we were. It was like we needed another Yelena fix, and there it was. It paid, it paid off because Hawkeye and Black Widow are supposed to be best friends. They've established they're supposed exactly. to be best friends. Yes, because 
It's absurd that she's hunting him, but yes. it's because she doesn't understand or know no, about the relationship. It doesn't, but it's great. It's a great. It's so. It is a. It's a great relationship. Yes. And and Brad said relation, and that was one of the things that I really took away from this was all of the different relationships that it showed us. Number one, the main relationship between Clint and Kate. Mm-hmm. Sure. They really developed it well. Hard I believed fought, it. it Hard yes. fought. Yeah, that's a great word for it. Hard <laughs> fought. I believed that evolution of that relationship. Yes. Um, Clint and his family, that relationship. Mm-hmm. Kate and Jack Duquesne, her would-be stepdad, is mm-hmm. a really a character study of what that relationship mm-hmm. is like. The Kate Yelena relationship, which goes yes. through the, like the last three episodes. That's five mm-hmm. minutes, though. As they so continue great. to fight and banter. You said it, Kevin. Great chemistry yeah. between those two. I could watch those two fight and banter no, it, all day long. And that last and that last you know? episode, and that last totally. episode, stop making me like you. Yeah, right? I'm sorry, I can't help it. <laughs> can't help and that to me, that's what like every MCU fan yes. is saying to Florence Pugh. Right. Because she's like, I'm taking the mantle of this character who you loved, who Scarlett Johansson, yes. you loved her in it. And you, you see her, and, and you see her being that, and you just sit there going like, "Stop making me like you so much." Right. That's and right. And she's like, literally like, "Sorry, I can't help it." I, it's you know, be it's so exciting to be uh, an actress like that. To know either one of them, for that matter, to know that you nailed that role so much, and yeah, know, play right? your cards right. You're part of the next ten years yeah, of exactly, hundred percent. You know, in the next forty movies, exactly, hundred percent. That's exciting. That's got to be great. So also in this episode, Ronan comes back to settle it, yes, to finish it, and he reveals himself to Lopez Echo, yes, and is like, you know, hey man, I was hired to do that job. You need to think of who hired me. Mm-hmm. We are weapons pointed at a target. Yes, and then she figures it out. But Easter egg for Scotty. Did you notice the name of the car lot where they fought in? Says no. fat man used cars, so yeah. they're hinting it. We haven't heard Hint- Kingpin yet. No but kidding. They, no, it's fat, I missed that. It's fat man and, used cars. And, and previous like, to this, oh, it's point, the fat man. If you noticed in the in the credits, as they they pan out and you see the city and everything, you see the silhouette of Kingpin. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Look it up now. It's oh. there. It's in there the graphics. The first episode. Really? Yes. And my one of my children pointed it out. Mm. The artist. And also in this episode, we get the like you said at the at the end, the kind of big reveal mm-hmm. is is Yelena sending Kate Bishop a message, being like, "Um, this is who hired me." Right. I just saw your mom. Yeah, your mom's here, and she's with Vincent D'Onofrio reprising his yes. role from. I always thought the Daredevil show was Marvel, but it's Netflix only. All right. So, and I looked into this a lot. All right. It this is, is why this is why everyone this is why not Scott's here. He's our Marvel expert. Our Marvel expert. Right. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm I am not trying I, to put I, too no much on you. An expert, but Marvel like decanonized the Netflix stuff. All of that was officially decanonized. Gave it the band hammer. Gave it the band hammer, you know, it's like all the books from Star Wars from Legends now. Mm-hmm. It's out there, they're stories. They're great. Go enjoy them because John Bernthal is the quintessential Punisher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More on that later. But they're bringing back certain characters from that. And this was the first one, of course, in okay. Kingpin. Uh, Vincent and, I, it, and this is a different Kingpin than what we saw in Daredevil. In Daredevil, he was very public. He was almost a, a city politician. Oh, that's um, true. He was much more human in his abilities. 
in the MCU official introduction, this Kingpin is much more powered up. Mm-hmm. He's much stronger. He's much more, he kinda, can take kinda, a punch. Yeah, and kind of like a crime lord in the shadows. Like he's only showing up this late in the show. Bingo. He's in the shadows, which is the main difference in the old one. Again, I don't think this is the same Kingpin that he played in the comic books. Okay. Excuse me, that he played in the Netflix sure. versions. <laughs> it's the same actor, and he's bringing all the same stuff. I read an article um, about D'Onofrio's approach, and he's like, the Netflix one was way too violent. And he was. There was this one scene where he totally obliterates a dude's face in a car door. But it's great. And it is great. It was awesome. And I loved, in fact, that Daredevil, that stairwell fight scene. Mm-hmm. Is, that's, sure. that's that's a top epic. ten fight scene right there. There you go. That in the hallway one. But he was, uh, he's much less public, much more shadowy. Okay. Uh, and I would also tell you, this Kingpin, that red shirt, that is a direct ripoff from uh, Amazing Spider-Man cover in 2014. The that red shirt. The was, Hawaiian shirt? The Hawaiian shirt oh. was it was a Spider-Man story, Amazing Spider-Man cover from 2014. And I associate, not just because of the, the Spider-Verse show, but I appreciate the giant kingpin from Spider-Man. That's right. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. And because Spider-Man, and it was a Spider-Man comic book that yeah. where they took that look from. There's some theories out there that Kingpin's going to show up in these new Spider-Man movies that Tom Holland has signed on for? Well, we don't know. Um, it would be doing the same three bad guys over again and again and again and again. But it, it is interesting because like, he is super violent in the Netflix show, but he is more human. He's not That's as right. violent in this show. Seems but... pretty violent to me. Yeah. Oh, he was way more violent in the Netflix uh-huh. show. But it seems like he's a, a super villain, I guess. He seems like he has superpowers because he's just like... Taking arrows, taking punches, like that's right. There's only one thing that eventually slows him down, and that's being hit by a car. Like, yep. he's yeah. much stronger, much more durable. But is that than he was? In... Is that comic book canon? Is yes, he... yes. Oh, okay, yeah. I always thought he was just a dude like when, Hawkeye. Well, no, I mean when you are going to be a villain in the MCU when there's superheroes running around, you have to be a little super yourself. There you go. That's right. Um, it's not a Lex Luthor thing. Because that's how the Netflix show made him seem more like Lex Luthor. Yeah, yeah. That's but right. this this they're actually like making him like a tank. Like no, that's usually that's what he's usually is crazy. That's why he he's usually so big. is, and he's not just doesn't like to eat a lot. He's big. <laughs> he is a yeah, and it, it never really says where his power comes no, from. He doesn't. just he's really super strong, big, and yeah. very durable. The other theory that I read is he survived the blip, and it was that power vacuum that allowed him to become. Uh, a criminal mastermind. Power vacuum is a mafia mm-hmm. thing. The power yeah. vacuum, and he stepped into that during the blip, and that was part of how he mm-hmm. became so important. The, this version of Kingpin. Yeah. This version of that's right. Okay. So now we wrap it all up in a little bow. So this is Christmas. A Christmas bow <laughs> is the last episode. And I mean, this was wrap it all up, man. This was great. Put there everybody so together much, and make them fight. There yeah. was so much. Yeah. yeah. Put everyone, all the toys together, make them fight. <laughs> Going into this, I was mad. I was like, you mean there's only six episodes? Yes, there's only six episodes. But it felt like ten. There should be like another two or three episodes, which herein lies my main and really only gripe that I have about Hawkeye. Pacing. We got to the last episode and like, here's everything. And there were way too many reveals that happened way too fast. Oh, I thought of And it didn't. Oh, I disagree. So okay. Eleanor Bishop. Yeah. She's not she's the bad guy, but right. she's not the real bad but guy. We don't but know why or who or we how. never really explored why. We never really explored 
what was her plan for dealing? Certainly, she knew there was going to be ramifications. Were never really explained how important she is to Fisk. Sure. How important was it? We're assuming, okay, she's got a really big high-tech security company. She had I'm a sure. Phone number. I don't know. Right? And she tries to get out and Kingpin won't let her, so you know she's key in some sense. Yeah. You know, but that's all why. I'm not sure I understood exactly mm. okay. how important she was to the Kingpin. What was her plan for exiting? And quite frankly, and maybe I'm dumb, yeah. why did she kill Duquesne in episode one? I, I And I'm still we trying know, to, right? and even on a to, rewatch, I still struggle with why did she kill Duquesne? Was she's trying to frame Jack? Yeah. Was that the sole purpose? Was yeah. just to frame Jack? Uh huh. And I think we, so. Could and be. her and Armand were button heads because Armand, I think, makes a comment like she's not good enough for you. Right. Like you're not you're not fit yeah. to marry my son. But she's she's playing some game, and Armand is in the way. So. But there was just so many things that happened. You had the the Maya and the Kazi fight. You had the Duquesne being exonerated. You had. Um, but he Maya's, comes through with the sword. It's right, so cool. Right, right. Barton and Yelena come to terms, and they have yeah. their moment yeah, with yeah, the whistle, yeah. which was a great moment. But it was Let's so shoehorned I, and crammed in with so many other... Oh, but I we had the... to think of it as action Yeah, packs. it was ah, action packed. I, I, I wanted some of these points to have some more time to breathe. Yeah, that's because yeah. the squirrel who's stuck between the seat and the pedals and the clutch in your brain... Was having a hard time, <laughs> having a hard time navigating. Did you? I just, I feel like so much got crammed into the last episode, and it—that's admitted. They could yeah. have taken. I could have used one more episode to get, let some of these big reveals breathe and mm. give them a little more depth and kind of thing. You know, it was in the last episode that I liked a lot. What's that, Yelena? And yes, <laughs> but a nod to one of the greatest Christmas movies ever, Elf. Oh. When they're in the elevator, that's right. And she goes and and oh. Kate Bishop to slow Yelena down goes up to the buttons. Yep. and hits them all. Hits them all. <laughs> that's like from Elf. I'm like, that's an Elf reference. And and it's it's that's just it's a fun just move. A jerk, she's like, dude. don't. She's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't. And she's so she just kind of beaten down by it. She's like, don't. And then she she's like, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, that's an Elf reference. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think just to add a. Uh, speculation on the pacing. Uh, they had a deliberate release schedule for this. They started it uh, the weekend of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they knew they wanted to end it for Christmas because it is a season. Like, Christmas is in the show. So I think they had a seasonal deadline for it. And I, I agree, but start it the week before Thanksgiving then. <laughs> and give me, again, get, uh, again, the, 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 the Maya and the Kingpin scene. Which is so yeah. ripped off from comic books, frame for frame, almost, almost frame yeah. for frame, is beautiful. Let the and it got like twelve seconds, mm. and the the shooting and you was you only assume off she screen doesn't it. count. Yeah, off right. screen doesn't right. count. That's right. It was yeah. great, we don't know. but then we're rushed off to the next big reveal to deal with it, and uh, it it just did. It was. Sure. The last episode was just like wow. She wanted one more whole episode. Uh, yes, I think it could have been loose ends and thirty minutes. Taking more there. time to mm. do some of these reveals and more dog. impact of it. Yeah, more Eat lucky. Pizza. Mm. I, I agree with Brad. It was action packed to me. It was yeah. So and and it, I mean they've developed all the relationships like you mentioned. We all mentioned earlier. Like there's good chemistry between so many players in here. But this is a sort of murder mystery. Like, this isn't superheroes fighting in space. This isn't uh, time travel doors and the TVA. This is this is a murder mystery in New York City with real people for the most part. 
and there's a lot of players in here. Mm-hmm. There's the Duquesnes, there's the Bishops, there's the Bartons, there's the Kingpins, there's the Tracksuits, there's the Kazis and the Mayas, like... That's, so that's, much great wasn't stuff! The, but wasn't that's a lot the, of people to tie in. Was the runtime... Exactly. Was the runtime longer on this episode? Yeah, last episode was... I Almost think, an hour. Okay. Because it seemed like because all that stuff was packed in there, but it didn't seem as rushed to me as it did to you. Because I mean, we even end up with her going to his house for Christmas, yeah. and yeah, that's it was, very, that was that's a very great sweet. little bow tie on it. That's really sweet, and yeah, I don't know. I liked all the resolution, and I mean, the best part to me was after the credit scene. That was hilarious. Yeah. Did you it was. Get, did everyone stay yes. after yeah. the credits? Of course. They did the whole song from the they Broadway thing. They did the whole play. song from the Broadway thing. Yep. It's so hilarious. If you guys know anything about Broadway, that was exactly the kind of crap yes. they do on Broadway. That, I mean, absolutely. Great stuff they do on Broadway. Theater, that's for sure. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I agree. And, I mean, they did tie up a whole bunch of loose ends and tried to, you know, do reveals, but there are still so many questions in the last episode that... Are we getting a season two? I haven't even seen if it's confirmed. It seems like it. So it seems like, what are the questions, Mikey? Like what are the questions? Is is Kingpin really dead from one gunshot? Is Kingpin dead? No. He got hit by a car and walked away. Mm, right. He got an arrow to the heart and pulled yes. it out. Mm-hmm. And no one stays dead in the yep. MCU. And his or gunshot it. was off screen. Mm-hmm. Here's another I question. I didn't see a body. Who owns That's Avengers Tower right now? Right. Rumor is Fisk might own Avengers well, Tower right now. He might, mm-hmm. or they said, I think that it's somewhere, and I don't, hang on, I don't know what property it showed up in, but remember, we've got Fantastic Four coming. That's and, true. Which and is the, the other comics, theory of who will take over Avengers comics, Tower. Fantastic Four legitimately did wind up with the tower for a period. Mm-hmm. Had a big four on top. Though. Yes. What happens to the, the so Trustabro tracksuit guys that got shrunken in their truck oh, from the Pym era? Oh, do they what come back to full guys? size, or are no, they tiny forever so. and they get eaten by that owl? No, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. Huh? I think that's that's those poor guys. A couple of other Easter eggs. Remember, uh, Yelena mentions, "I want to see the new Statue of Liberty." Yeah, yeah. Right? which is the later Spider-Man reveal. With Put the, Cap- the shield on it, Captain yep. America shield. But that was awesome. Oh yeah, <laughs> I didn't even catch that one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that was part of her New York girls trip. We're gonna see the Statue see of Liberty. The new Statue of Liberty. <laughs> cool vest. That was such a great scene. Ugh. It was. So it was so good. All right. Does anyone have anything else before we go into pizza ratings for the series of Hawkeye? I think season that, one. I think I hit all my points. I think I hit most of everything. Yeah. The only other thing, last thing note that I had was from a character point of view, I think it was fascinating the way Natasha loomed over everything. Yes. Yes. She uh, was Yelena's motivator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's certainly part of Clint's baggage. When Clint mm-hmm. went and talked to her at the monument. Yes. That was touching. Mm-hmm. And that was, we needed to see that. Yeah. We needed, uh, we knew how he felt. We just needed to see him get some right. closure. Absolutely. Some, some, and some love or care or whatever that was. Well, you're right too. Part of the overarching thing of him not wanting Kate Bishop to get involved in this life was, because that's what killed Black Widow in his mind. That's right. Yeah, he was responsible. for He that. doesn't want to be responsible for and another person. Is he? Is he worthy of that sacrifice? Right. That Natasha made, and right. That was great. It was great. Absolutely great. So pizza ratings. So having been here before, I know that you guys like to ask your guests. The guests go first. Yeah. Rate the pizzas first, and I've been thinking about this a lot because I know that I have a uh, a history of making pizzas either uh, deducted because of hair 
No hair problems with this movie. Everyone's everyone's haircut was approved. Stylish barbers on set. Everybody was great. No, but what I think I am going to do is how we like to usually have eight slices because there's six episodes. I'm getting one of those New York style pepperoni and cheese that's only cut into six giant slices that you have to fold. So I'm giving it six out of six. But like deep dish pan sort of. No, no, no. You're talking about New York style. You found New York style. New York chewy kind of, yeah. The size of a Sunday newspaper. Lucky the pizza dog would be proud. So six out of six pepperoni? Six out of six pepperoni and cheese New York style. It's still eight out of eight pepperoni. They just cut it. (laughs) It still still has the same amount of pizza. Of pizza. (laughs) The circumference is the same. You get ripped off. It's no, New York no. prices. To me, it's still six. All right, Scott. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go eight at eight, but uh-huh. I'm going to call it Meat Lovers, which is Whoa. among my favorite kind of pizzas. Whoa. It doesn't so the, have everything on it. So the last episode didn't bother you that much. Well, I mean, it still gets its eight slices, and I still loved it. Again, I loved the character development. I loved mm-hmm. the arc and the development, and I loved... Or, you know, when they're talking about the names, and, oh, I could be Lady Hawk, I could be this, oh, that. So he goes, or you could be... Boom, and it just Hawkeye. flashes up Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love that. Yes, the final episode bumped me a little bit. Um, it's not going to be the greatest kind of pizza, but um, no, it's still still eight slices. It just doesn't have nice. all the, the best toppings. Oh. So loved it, but... Uh, so it's I a mean, meat lovers, but they made it wrong? It's a meat lovers. That they, yes, I would grant it. And you're like, where's the pepperoni? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was eight misshapen slices. Oh, there you go. <laughs> The topping sort of slid to one side. A little That's bit. right. It got, it got carried on its edge. That's right. My, uh, my you forgot to put one of those little tables in it. It's all stuck to the top of the uh, box. That's not an eight out of eight. My, Mikey? Um, so eight slices. I'm, go, I'm going a full eighter for this one, too, because I'm biased because this is representation for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, mm-hmm. This is a guy with a hearing aid overcoming odds. So it's mm-hmm. like, I see me. Hooray. Like, uh, that's such an easy button to push. Eminently relatable. But, and they don't really do that much, so it's cool to see that Marvel's doing that, and I give them props for that. But also, this is like a murder mystery, streets of New York story, and there's players involved, like we were saying. There's trick arrows. There's a lot of cool, funny beats. Lots of cool characters and almost too many of them, but I think it's just enough so we have stuff to carry us over into season two. So full eight slices, but I'm putting my own weird toppings on it just to make it my own personal thing. And it's got pineapple, barbecue sauce, some Canadian yeah. bacon on it. Right there. on. It's his favorite pizza. So Excellent. That's good. <laughs> Seen it in person. All right, for me now. Here's the here's an interesting thing. If if Hawkeye of all of the characters is like just like he's portrayed in the thing, I'm always always been like, okay, whatever. He's cool, I guess. Bows and arrows are neat, and I was like, I'll watch it, you know. But man, this show made me love Hawkeye and everybody in it. Absolutely. This so I mean the turnaround just by doing that. You know, I already knew I liked Florence Pugh as the new Black Widow, but I didn't know I'd like everyone else so much. It was perfect, eight out of eight for me. Put right put all kinds of toppings awesome. on it, supreme it up if you want. This is one of my favorite Marvel properties that's come out so far. Whoa! There you I go. Really, really enjoyed it a that's lot. That's a lot of good pizza. So hey, we like this movie a lot. We got tons of pizzas and tons of slices. No matter which way you slice it, it's got a full pizza from every single one of us. So we want you guys to tell us what you thought of the Hawkeye series. You can let us know at AssumingPod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also Gmail us, AssumingPositions at gmail.com. Dot com. Every week, I ask Mikey, 
what format would you like it sent to you in? Uh, I want you to get in touch with Yelena. I would say her last name, but I'd butcher it. But Bolova. Bolova. Have like her, a watch. Yeah, have her text it in a secret Black Widow fashion in email. Be like, I saw your mom. She's hanging out with uh, Kingpin, and I made some macaroni. And also, here's my opinion about Hawkeye. Mm. And I would like you to send it in ASL. Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> we want to thank you guys so much for listening. Please like, share. Um, we are actually like on Facebook now. You can listen to us through the Facebook app. So Ooh, no God. excuses, people on Facebook. I don't care how old you are. You can listen to our podcast now. Uh, <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening and supporting us. We also want to thank that guy, Brad, for being here and doing thank our nesting. Not thank Scott you. Productions for being here and Good our to equipment. Be with you. Um, Jazzar for our music and we hope you guys have a great rest of your week watch Hawkeye again it's so good so good yes so, so good so good so good you're done Hawkeye is like a vest with a lot of pockets I can add hot sauce now you okay. can put the hot sauce in your pockets <laughs>